This is the Tyler Drew Gill podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today I'm going to talk about people doing the things that they want to do in life. In your day-to-day life, how many chores do you have? How many different things do we have in our life that we don't like to do? How many of us are stuck in a relationship that we know we shouldn't be in? Or how many of us work a job that we could really care less about? Listening to Dave Ramsey this morning on my way to work, they had a statistic that 68% of us are disengaged at work. That means essentially 68% of us in America are doing what we don't want to do with the majority of our time in our life. When times get hard in life, whether it's financially or mentally, even sometimes physically, we as humans look for ways to cut corners and take the easiest available route. A lot of times to us, that's staying quiet, remaining where we are. Maybe it's borrowing another sum of money from a parent or a person who can afford to take care of us. Even if a situation or a lifestyle is toxic, if it's a routine for us, it's what seems easiest. In times of despair, thinking can be difficult, so we stick with what's easy, even if it's not what's best. Until until that day comes. That day where you realize or feel like, why am I doing this? I'm a musician. Why am I going to school to be an accountant? I want to be a firefighter. Why am I in law school? My significant other hasn't shown any changes or improvements no matter how many different approaches I take. The scenarios and situations start to pile until that day turns to a week. Those weeks turn to months. And finally, all of our energy, our confidence, and our demeanor is being pulled in two different directions. The side of what we think we should be and the side of what we know we should be. Doing things that we want takes a lot of courage. Speaking how we feel no matter what others' opinions are, that's not easy. Prime example. I got in my Uber last week and I was talking to a young man around my age. He was 26. He told me that he had come from New York to go to college here, and he had been a teacher for the past three years, but he had just quit, was no longer doing that. Not only because teachers were underpaid, but he felt like his purpose was much bigger in life, and he felt like he had so much more to offer than the situation he was in. So I was eager to hear what he had to say. I asked him what was next, and he responded with, he's going back home to New York. He's going to go back to school to be a nurse. But I noticed a loss of excitement in his voice and a change of his demeanor. So I ask, why? He looks back in his rearview mirror. We made eye contact. I was smiling. He looked puzzled and he just said, I don't know. He then proceeded to talk about his mom and his dad and what they'd done back in New York, how they went to school, how successful they were. It was just the two of them. They were given nothing. And basically, as he was finishing up, told him, it sounds to me like you're doing what your parents want you to do and not what you want to do yourself. Through the rear view again, he looked at me, but this time he was, you know, a little bit more shocked, probably because it was a 15 minute Uber ride and it got a lot deeper than what he probably thought it would. But also hearing it from another perspective allowed him to wake up that feeling inside of him and knock down the barriers he had that were preventing him from being free to himself. And it was able to give him, you know, what he wanted. So I asked him what he enjoyed. He replied and he really didn't know. He's like, you know, he didn't know what. What he enjoyed didn't know how to answer that question. I noticed he had a soccer jersey on, and he also had the World Cup playing on his radio. So we started talking about soccer. 
And I noticed that he had a passion for it. He knew all the players. He knew their rules. He knew what clubs they played for in their countries. He was just really passionate and excited about everything that had to do with soccer. So I asked him, why don't you do something that involves soccer? He said, like, what, though? And I told him, you know, that's that's the fun in the journey. You just have to know what you're passionate about. And you have to find a way to use that passion to be your fuel. So he responded to me and he was just like, well, I'm not much of a radio guy. And I think he thought I was suggesting that he should do, you know, soccer for radio because he talked about it. So I just I spitballed the idea of possibly, you know, uh, opening and starting a blog for it. I said, you know, you could check into being a referee for a pro-am league or the MLS, see how much money they make do personal assistance for pro players. You know, there's a number of options, but the point was his brain was so stuck in the land of school and hospital, it couldn't even go in the direction of sharing his passion with income. When the ride ended, he was extremely thankful and we exchanged contact info. I gave him a few of my favorite books to read for the place of life he was in and we went our way. What this left me with, though, is a burning frustration, a realization that we have so many people in the world who don't walk their full truth and they walk the route that somebody else paid for them because it's the easier way. Don't get me wrong. If your mom or dad's a politician and you grow up with the same fire for politics as they do and they have a guided platform ready for you to go, I'm not saying run from that and don't use it, but what I'm saying is if your parents are politicians and they're forcing you through that upbringing, but you want to open a yoga, a yoga studio away from the city and teach a holistic lifestyle, a complete 180 from what they have planned, then you need to do it. It might not be the easiest route, but if it's the route you want to take, when you do come across hardship on that route, it'll be something you've chose. It'll be a lesson learned, not something you're forcing yourself through, especially for someone else's satisfaction. It's okay not to know exactly what you want to do. It's okay to know what you want to do, but not how to do it. The beauty in the process is finding your own rhythm and momentum. You can't be scared to fail. You have to find your own method to the madness. What's not okay, though, is if you're doing something you don't want to be doing, especially without an end result. If you're living with an overwhelming feeling of depression and uncertainty, or maybe you just feel lost in your purpose of life, the first thing you need to do is identify. Identify why you feel this way. Somebody else else doesn't need to come in and tell you what you're going through. We already know. It's just a matter of, are we willing to be real enough with ourselves to bring clarity to the issue? After we identify our issue, we have to compare and separate our pros and cons to the situation. Give ourselves an understanding of why we're doing what we're doing. This will create perception for us. Even if the answer seems very clear and simple, or we think there isn't a reason for where we are where we are, we still have to analyze the situation. Our perception is how we view things in the fashion they are viewed in. So if you want to be a lawyer and you're in year five of eight, and you're just having a miserable time going to school, It's tough to focus, but you still want to be a lawyer and that's your passion, then you need to buckle down and realize the only way to be a lawyer is to get through these last three years, no matter what it takes, and you'll be able to do whatever you need and whatever you want in your profession as an attorney. However, if you are in year five of eight in law school, you're starting to feel anxious every time you get in the courtroom 
you hate the people you deal with, you can't stand school, you don't really like the idea of wearing a suit all day, the whole situation just becomes distant to you, then why waste the next three years on something you already know? The previous five years definitely weren't a waste because if those five years didn't happen, it wouldn't have got you to where you are now. The perception in this situation can be negative either way you look at it, or it can be positive. But your perception on situation is the only way to obtain the things you actually want in life. After the problem has been identified and the perception of the situation has been confirmed, it's time to take action. No matter how advanced technology is, I always recommend using a whiteboard, a pen, or paper, or something like that when it comes to comparing and contrasting uh, life and situations. Make it a habit to write things out. Make a pros and cons list. Use and create a timeline for yourself to accomplish things you need. Put effort towards the areas of your life that need to be watered and nurtured. Beautiful gardens don't grow or stand without hours of nurture and care. So if you're in any situation in life right now, living in a state of depression, confusion, restriction, any of those things, take time to yourself to identify your problem, confirm your perception, and set a plan out to take action. Nothing happens overnight. Consistency can only be proven with time.